This is Jer Condren, welcoming you to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into some detail on the, some of the events that in the news this week. Dennis Tuhi is a registered agricultural consultant based in Scarif. Dennis recently moved his business uh, to a new premises at the Market Square. Paul Bugler called Dennis for Scarif Bay Community Radio and chatted to him about his work. Right, I'm here in the square in Scarif and I'm talking to um, Dennis Tuhi, who has just, he'd be familiar to a lot of the listeners on Scarif Bay Community Radio and he has just um, moved his business um, from the Fecal Road up into a much more prominent position in the square in Scarif. Dennis, you're very welcome and thanks for doing this for Scarif Bay Community Radio. Morning Paul and morning to your listeners. I suppose the first thing I suppose with you, how long have you actually been um, in Scarif now at this stage, um, pr- providing the agricultural consultancy services? Um, I think this year would have been my 10th year on the Fecal Road, and um, I suppose I'm an agricultural consultant for the last 20 years, I think I'm touching now. Right. So over the course of that time, I suppose a lot of things have changed in the nature of the work it is that you do, and maybe did that necessitate or require this move up to this much more I suppose larger premises yeah I suppose when we originally started out it was only one day a week and went to two days and went to five and now we're nearly six and a half seven days really when you're on the phone the whole time but um, yeah it started out I suppose small things you know the agri-environmental schemes would be the backbone of the business um, obviously do dairy aids and single farm payments but eventually we, we've grown bigger and expanded the the business more into things like doing the grants for all the sheds, the Thames. Um, in the last three or four years, then the new schemes open up, particularly in the area of, like for the Schlewachty and things like that, would be the Hin Harrier scheme. So we've a huge amount of clients in that. Um, we've nearly 140 clients in that. So that, and I've to, we ended up walking last year, I think around 1400 fields. So that's, that keeps me fit. Mm. And um, that's the work you'd be doing at this time of the year as well. Yeah. I think is it July and August? Yeah, yeah. So July and August, we 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 spend the whole year out. So the year sort of starts out. So in in January, February, January isn't too bad, thank God. In February, we touch into sort of Borbia. There'll be a lot of stuff from Borbia. There'll be records from inspections then that will be carried out at the end of the year that need to be finished as well. Um, March, April, May, then are all the single farm payments things like that and then once May is finished in June, July, August we're straight into the Hin Harrier um, with 140 of them there's a few in the burn scheme as well um, and then this year again the new reap scheme so it's basically going to be it's the forerunner for the new replacement of the gloss 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 has been very significant I'd say now for farmers in the kind of northeast Clare area over the last five years six years now at this stage um, I suppose everybody, everybody will be watching closely to see what it is that's going to replace Gloss. Yeah, the Reap is going to be the the forerunner there, but um, uh, we're we're uh, we're hoping into that. This will be the trial, and this is a pilot for the new the new environmental scheme. So there's always going to be an environmental scheme. Started out years ago with Reps, then went to EOS, and then went to Gloss One, Two, and Three, and now we're on this Reap rural environment environmental pilot scheme so like it is a pilot at the moment it's only based really on grasslands um it's interesting um but really i suppose what the question the farmer asked at the end of the day is is the money good enough for me and and that's 
That's very important to use clear. Because certainly we're predominantly, I suppose, a suckler area. Um, and we certainly, farmers would rely on the chicken to brown in the post. Um, we're very, very high nature farming around here. So certainly the agri-environmental schemes would be, would be important. Okay, I suppose with that in mind, I suppose in the headlines at the moment, everybody is watching closely in Brussels and what's happening there with the proposals for the forthcoming CAP budget. Um, it does seem as if it's shifting significantly in the kind of, as you call it there, the agri-environmental or towards that. Um, will that, do you think, or how will that play out here in North East Clare? Or is it too early to tell that or to ask or to pose that question yet? It's still a small bit early, but certainly the signs from Europe you know the green deal all this sort of stuff carbon credits it's certainly looking like the pillar one payments or your single farm payment check for a lot of farmers unfortunately will probably reduce we have you know everyone goes on about oh the big farmers getting everything but the small farmers getting very little but matter of fact like the average size farm in clare is 32 hectares and if you work out then just the average payment for the single farm payment, it only comes in about eight and a half thousand, I think, for Clare. So that average payment to Clare is actually quite small per holding when you mm-hmm. look at it like that. So that's unfortunately what's what's a sort of an anomaly where the average farmer in Clare is still getting a very small payment per per farm on their payment. So that's so they're looking at a few things, maybe possibly front loading, but certainly the main majority of of monies going forward will be from the pillar two so they are going to be your agri-environmental schemes um your funding for the sheds and the grants and things like that some talk that the young farmers are probably going to be looked after a bit more um certainly people are looking for like an early the old area term schemes come back whether or not that will happen i don't know or a version of it um but certainly around here there's going to be it's going to be your pillar two so it's going to be your like you have at the moment, there's more schemes there, beep and beam, and you're weighing cows and calves, and you're all this sort of stuff. So there, there sort of figures where we're going for you know 200 euros per suckler cow and mm. 30 euros for the old. That's that's where we need to get to. Mm. So you think you're well set up here in your new office to to facilitate and help the farmers of North East Clare in all these schemes that will be coming down the tracks over the next five, ten years. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, we're actually two years trying to move. Um, just trying to get the right premises in the right location was the big thing for us. We were obviously our clients need to be able to parking. Was suppose is, is a big issue and always has been in Scarif. And so, luckily enough, this corner premises came up here. Um, it's an ideal location. It's much bigger. It allows allows us to expand. We're currently somewhere between two hundred and fifty and three hundred clients on the books. Um, so certainly, I'm hoping. Maybe you know if things go well in this new cap, and there might be we might take on more staff. So mm-hmm. currently, there's there's two of us here, um, full time. So yourself and Helen. Helen, yeah, Helen's yeah. a key part of the team oh, here. Absolutely, um, wouldn't run without her. But um, yeah, so it's you'd never know. We might try and get apprentices back on again and train a few young people up. So just in that, as was in the context of everything we talk about now, we talk about it through the prism of of the, of the pandemic and the coronavirus. How has that? Um, coronavirus affected your business or how has COVID-19 affected your business both out on the fields and here in the office itself yeah well? it's it's been there's a few ways aspects to look at it but 
essentially our business we we've never closed we've we've had to stay open we've had to put in covid protection measures um that's sort of what also encourages us to move up here we just in the, in the previous office we just we weren't really able to facilitate the covid and the requirements there um but what's interesting now i suppose is i think mental health for farmers is going to be a big thing coming you know over the last year we've seen Normally, when you ring people, you're only maybe chatting for five or six minutes, but you're you're a quarter of an hour, twenty minutes on the phone to people now because you don't you don't meet people and things. Mm. Like that. Thankfully, that's easing. Um, mm. Look, our door is open and we're always here. And we love people to come in for a chat. Um, unfortunately, there's there won't be probably coffee or <laughs> coffee being sold here. But um, Jerry Rogers has it next door. Yeah, right? exactly. two, two doors up. Yeah, yeah, and, and he'd love the business. And, and there might be talks of another coffee shop opening in the in the town to replace it. So that'll be good. Um, good. good. So that's good. It's good to see. Well, just in conclusion here on Scarf Bay Community Radio, it's good to see um, in these challenging times, it's good to see um, someone like yourself taking a punt and kind of expanding and developing their business. So congratulations and well done on the move. And we hope to see you as active as ever over the next couple of years. Yeah, thanks very much, Paul. And thanks to your listeners. Clare Minor Camogie team defeated their Waterford opponents in the Monster Minor A plate final this week on a scoreline of 117 to 114. After the game, Breathe McNamara spoke to the Clare manager, Eleanor Walsh, from Scarif O'Gunnelow. Eleanor Walsh, Clare Minor Camogie manager. Eleanor, well done. Uh, silverware, um, a long wait. And a long time since we had silverware, but you know, worthy recipients here tonight, uh, this minor team, um, a huge battle against a tenacious Waterford side. Absolutely. We got a great start and then we just let the you know back into it again and um oh we you know really good performance I think all round. I think we were deserving winners. We got our noses out in front again as we came out after half time and that second half performance I'm so proud of the girls on it. They really kind of shook off the shackles and thought we've got to go for this less of the you know thinking about it and um, just letting you know letting the, the game plan develop over the 30 minutes and they stuck to their task and we, yeah, we dug out the win and uh, really happy to be bringing silverware. I, I'm, I'm fed up of Clear Camogie being considered, you know, the, the easy team to beat. So this is the marker down now for, for all teams, for all of us. And, and I know all the management of the county teams feel the exact same way. And there's great work going on um, in all of the ages and in junior and senior. So it's time. I'm thrilled that we have silverware today. Uh, tight enough scoreline there was only a puck of a ball in it um, as you mentioned Waterford rallied in the, the second quarter of the first half again we came out in the at the restart three points on the bounce and again Waterford they kept coming back have to talk about the, the, the back line here tonight absolutely superb and in goals Laura Barry superb saves that she pulled off yeah, Laura was great like that. A rebound save that she put uh, pulled off was just in- incredible. Now it was complete instinct instinct thing. And uh, she was great throughout. With the full back line in front of her, like they were so tenacious, as you mentioned yourself. Like they're, they're sticky, you know, they really are. And they're strong. We've had great strength and conditioning. We, you know, we, we were really strong over the ball and composed over the ball. And we've been trying to, to get that into them, to be composed. Don't give away the free 
free. Wait your time that they have the skills that they need to block down, to get in front, get you know, low over the ball, whatever it is, and to trust themselves on that and not give away the silly freeze. And then as you move out the field then, our half back line and our midfield, and you saw Tierna Hegarty there getting player of the match, like, you know, the catching, the fielding that she, she does. And for lots of them to kind of put their ball, their hand to the ball first time is just great and it's coming and they're getting better at it and they're getting better at doing it under pressure and look at a game like tonight then when you kind of all comes together it, it's just fantastic up front we spoke about the backs but up front and um, the forwards Aoife Anderson's goal within the first few minutes like an absolute flying start but to see the way that as you mentioned they caught ball the bravery in, in going forward to, Everyone, even the, the subs introduced, um, everyone had a huge part to play in this win. They did really, yeah, they did. Like that coming out to the first ball and first touch we've been working on for so long. So that, you know, you give yourself a chance, you get the ball and you're in the game. And uh, and then the support play, again, that we're trying to bring in. Look, at we're at early stages of it in so many ways. How long are we out on a pitch now? Maybe it's about two months, but it doesn't feel all that long. Um, but great to be out in grass because we were in, um, you know, on Zoom and the whole bits for, for, for so long. Um, but those forwards attacking the ball, getting first touch in the hand, getting it off to a support player. Like, it's just, they've really took on board all that we've asked them to do and they showed it here tonight and some of the points that we scored and the, and the confidence that the girls began to play with were great having said that as you mentioned Waterford just did not give up on it you know um, and and oftentimes we got to the four point margin and they brought it back to the three point margin and anyone knows that a three point margin is one score and a dangerous place to be either which way we were on the right side of it well done Eleanor uh, well done and a good win. Thank you so much. We're delighted. The CUNIS Centre Fecal are hosting a number of online workshops in July. Scarf Bay Community Radio's Mary Noonan met with Moira Burke, Voluntary Director of the CUNIS Centre in Fecal, to find out more. Good afternoon. Today I'm joined by Moira Burke. And Mara Burke actually is the voluntary director of the Cunis Wellness Centre in Fecal Village. She's originally a Limerick woman and her career took her all over the world. And for the past number of years, both her heart and her home are based in East Clare. And she has been involved initially as a volunteer, uh, just fundraising with the Cunis Wellness Centre. As I said, it's based in the old creamery in Fecal Village. So, Myra, you're very welcome today and we're really looking forward to hearing a bit more about what CUNIS is, the background to it, what it has to offer and where you are going forward. So just for our listeners, would you give us a short background to how CUNIS came about? Good afternoon, Mary, and thank you for that lovely welcome. CUNIS Centre was founded by four local women, uh, all professionally qualified therapists and full-time carers. And they recognised there was nowhere to go for therapeutic wellness services and looked to set up a place where that could happen. And so the centre was established as a not-for-profit charity in 2009 and today has a small team of self-employed, fully accredited and Garda-vetted therapists. And I really can't speak highly enough of the Mary. It's such a wonderful resource to have in the village. Uh, especially with the wide range of wellness therapies and counselling services they have available there 
and which anyone can avail of. Thank you very much, Myra, for that background. So uh, we were speaking earlier and you told me that um, that your centre really was established by volunteers to supplement the overburdened health service. And that, of course, includes tailoring your the services that you provide to the needs of your clients. Um, many of whom are on very individual uh, journeys to wellness. You might tell us a little bit about what services you provide and the individuals and groups who avail of your services and return again and again. Well, we have a wide range of services, Mary. Um, some of our better known therapies would include things like counselling, um, various massage techniques, reflexology, craniosacral, Reiki. Uh, but we also provide some other therapies that perhaps might be a little less familiar, but are proven to be really as successful. And these would include things like polarity, metamorphic and colour therapy. Um, we also offer nutritional therapy, very important in these times to, to really take care of your immunity. And as well as that, we also have a, a palliative care doula. As you said, Mary, each person has their own individual wellness journey. And what we do is we meet a client and we explore what it is that they need. It's very holistic in its approach in that we view the person as a whole and not just as a symptom. And we work with them to set out a plan uh, to address whatever those needs happen to be. Now, for some, that'll mean they'll just come to the centre once or twice. Uh, but for some, it takes a more sustained approach. Uh, but that's always driven by what the client needs. You were asking who comes to the centre. So can I just say that anyone at all is able to come to the CUNA Centre. You don't have to have any condition or anything in particular going on to avail of our services. Um, some clients just come for an occasional bit of self-care or, or, or to treat themselves um, to a massage or whatever. And some clients need more. Um, we also have a number of service users that come to us, including Brothers of Charity in Enable Ireland, uh, who bring clients to us. But as I say, we, we are open to anyone. That's such a phenomenal range of services, Myra, by such a tiny court of practitioners and volunteers right here, right here in the heart of the community. We cannot but mention how COVID has impacted uh, on all our lives, really, and I suppose but particularly on your service provision to the people of the community. And I suppose secondly, on how then the pandemic has impacted on demand. So... Um, maybe you talk to us a little bit about the whole impact of COVID. Yes, along with everyone else, Mary, we felt the impact of COVID. We had to shut down the centre in March 2020 and were closed for 16 months. Our clients had their supports taken away. Our therapists have been unable to practice at the centre. So it's been very, very hard. Um, you know, we recognise the inevitable physical and mental toll being brought about by COVID-19 and we just want to be there now to support people in our community through that. Myra, I, I see from your website that you, you have a number of very interesting and powerful workshops that are coming up shortly uh, when you reopen, which I believe is happening within the next few days, to support people through this time, this time that has been really like no others in our memory. Um, and I'm particularly struck by the fact that you have reached out in particular to the frontline workers, the people who have 
experienced and, you know, have been part of a lot of sadness and a lot of grief. Um, maybe you'd, you might share with us how people might access that information and what um, workshops are involved. Oh, thank you for bringing up the workshops, Mary. Look, at, I know we're all sick about thinking about and talking about and dealing with COVID, but really it's been so huge that we can't just brush the impacts of it under the carpet. So we've worked to come up with a series of four online workshops. Two of these are aimed specifically at people impacted by COVID. And you mentioned there the one for the frontline workers. So for them, we're holding a workshop called Loss and Death on the Frontline. These workers, we know, have faced incredibly challenging situations. And this workshop looks at ways of supporting them through dealing with that. Um, the second one is also COVID related. And that deals with loss and grief during COVID. We, we really need to recognise the toll this past year has taken. And this workshop helps individuals and families affected by it to explore ways to address any cumulative sadness and grief and stress um, associated with that time. We do have two others um, that are not COVID specific and really just about reducing stress and anxiety. Um, the first one is all about getting out of your head and back into your body. So we've all spent the last 18 months completely in our heads. We've been fearful, we've been anxious, and it's, it's just so bad for our health. So this particular workshop looks at three key ways to address that. And we'll be looking at breathing techniques, simple postures and exercises, and uh, some guided meditation and basically looking to kind of reground, uh, rebalance and, and, and calm ourselves. The last one then is about reducing stress and anxiety as well, but also includes breathing techniques and meditation. But not only that, but the use of essential oils and herbs, um, focusing on supporting the nervous system and looking at little simple massage techniques that you're able to do to your own hands and feet. Um, at the end of the day, moving back into our change world is a step we're all having to take. Um, and these workshops would just help us to do that with a deeper understanding um, and some practical self-care tips that might make that transition a bit easier. All the courses are starting up next week. Um, however, we will be repeating them um, and you can find details about them on our new website which is www.cunacentre.com. We're also on Facebook. Um, or alternatively, you can call or text me on 086-773-3375. And we also have posters up locally, so do look out for them. Finally, Myra, you know, you, you really are at the heart of the community here in Fecal, but reaching out far and wide to help people uh, through their journey to wellness and how important is this for all of you at CUNIS to be at the heart of the community? Oh so important Mary. Back in 2009 we started with just a handful of clients and pre-Covid we welcomed almost 1500 clients and service users into our centre. Our local therapists give so generously of their time and you know basically they've really got the grow for what they do because they see the difference it makes and as I said before, most of the therapists are with us since the start, as are many of our clients and service users. Uh, and against many odds, including a pandemic, 
we're still going 11 years on. So, you know, I think that in itself really tells you something. And as well as that, over the years, of course, we've looked at whether we should grow and expand, but decided not to go in that direction. Because when it comes down to it, what really matters the most for us is caring for the community from within our community. Thank you, Myra, so much for joining me today here by phone for Scarif Bay Community Radio. And we wish you and all your wonderful Fuerna Cunis every blessing and every success in your very worthwhile work. So, Gunair Gugalliv Ilig Amachancha. Thank you, Myra. Ah, Gora Magab Mary August Scarif Bay FM, Osan Deshlorit Fui Cunis Centre Inu. You've been listening to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend and we'll keep you updated on local events. This is Jer Condren for Scarif Bay Community Radio. Mm-hmm.